So um, we are marching on to our second week of our, our vision series. Um, Christy spoke last week and I'm going to be sharing this week again. Christy will be finishing it off uh, next week. But um, you know what, our, our lives are increasingly complicated and sometimes annoyingly so. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> Man, it's, it gets me how complicated things have to get in our modern world. Um, we've just moved into Bicton in this um, new suburb where the garbage rules are all different now. So instead of having recycling and regular bins, now we've got three bins to contend with. So every single day it's like, no, 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 you can't throw your rubbish in this bin. It's got to go in this bin. It's got and so we've got these three bins and it's so frustrating. And we've never really got enough room in our bins anyway at the best of times. So they make the bins smaller and... Um, so we're doing recycling and all sorts of stuff like that. It's just like one thing, one other complicating factor in my life that I don't need, right? Um, so at Oasis Church, we decided to buck that trend. We don't want to l- make life more complicated for you. We want to make it simple. We believe that our Christian journey has got to be a simple one. It's got to work for the youngest of children. It's got to work for the smartest person. It's got to work for the, the simplest person. It doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. Our Christian journey is supposed to be a simple one. So we came up with three fundamental things that we believe for your life you should be finding, and it's our hope for you. The three things are this. We want you to find life, we want you to grow, and we want you to make a difference. Three simple things. So easy, hey? So easy. It's as easy as one, two, three. Can you say it with me again? Find life, grow, Make a difference. That's all it is. That's all we're going to do. So last week, Christy shared about fine life, and uh, I believe it was, I listened to it, to the podcast during the week, and I really enjoyed it. It was challenging for me. And um, I, I'm just going to pull out another fine life verse, which is probably my favorite, John 10.10. 10. Jesus said, I've come that you may find life, and life in abundance. Jesus was talking about a specific quality of life, a really special, abundant life, an overflowing life, a spiritual life, a life that's better and beyond the life that we know. He wasn't talking about the regular, boring life that we all have to go through. You know, the life where you clock in and you clock out, the life of routine, the life that's mundane. Jesus said, now I've come for you to find a different quality of life. And the Greek word that he used was zoe. I want you to find a Zoe life, an abundant life, a better life. Like in those BCF ads, Josh, that's not living. I remember, I obviously didn't say it in a a London accent, but um, Jesus is saying, that's not living. The regular life is not what I'm talking about. Even the soul life, even your emotional well-being and your emotional life is not what he's talking about. He had a different quality of life that he was talking about, the Zoe life, the abundant life, the heavenly life. It's got a certain quality about it that sometimes is hard to define, but it's the spiritual life. And for those of us who walk with Christ, you've experienced this yourself. You understand. You understand the quality of life we're talking about, an abundant life, a Zoe life. In fact, there's a church in Los Angeles that have decided to call themselves Zoe Church. And I love the name of that church, Zoe Church, just to distinguish themselves from all the other non-Zoe churches out there. Um, these guys have decided to put their flag in the ground to say they stand for 
this quality of life. This is the sort of life that you need to find. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, when we're talking about find life, we're not just talking about finding community. We're not just talking about getting emotionally whole. We are talking about an abundant life, an overflowing life, a spiritual life that can only be found in Jesus Christ. So today we're talking about our second pillar, which is grow. And we and we chose, I mean, we're thinking through the words, what words should we use? And we love the word grow, because I don't think you can mistake that from any other kind of a word. It's simple. There's only one word. And it's, it's, un, it's easy for us to understand, because growth is a thing that we all know is healthy. We understand that Growth is important. We innately understand the concept of growth. You know, you spent probably the first 20 years of your life in a, sta- in a process of growth, where every six months, or it feels like sometimes every three months, our kids have to change shoe size because they've outgrown their previous shoes. So you're going through this process of growth. So we understand what growth is all about. We understand that we need to grow. The thing that we need to understand about growth is the environment that we are in, the environment that's e- that anything is in, is really the, the context for growth. Without the right sort of environment, a plant's not going to grow properly, is it? Uh, the p- any kind of plant is going to need a certain level of nutrients. It's going to need water. It's going to need sunshine. With those three things together in the right combination, that plant is going to grow. It's going to es- express itself to the fullness of the DNA that's in that plant. So if it's an oak tree, it's got the DNA of an oak tree when it starts out little, a little small seed, it can grow to that potential if the environment's right. If the environment isn't right, if it doesn't have the right ingredients or the right environment to be in, it won't express itself to the fullness of what it was designed to be. It will, it will only reach some of the way there. So for all of us too, we need the right sort of nutrients. We need the right sort of sunshine. We need the right sort of water for us to grow. So what are the things for us spiritually that we need in order to grow, in order to be fruitful and to multiply? Well, Jesus uh, used this verse in John 15. So continuing with the plant analogy, John 15 verse 5, he said, I'm the vine... And you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. I think that's a clue. I think that's a clue for us. If we remain in Christ, if him being the root, where the source comes from, if we remain in him, if we connect ourselves to that Zoe life, that abundant life, that spiritual life, if we connect ourselves to that, then we will be abundant then we'll grow and we'll reflect exactly the qualities of Jesus Christ. In fact, you could say that whatever you connect yourself to, you'll become like that. Whatever you decide to be connected to, you'll reflect whatever that might be and you'll bear fruit in kind. That's exa- I mean, that's the way of it. It doesn't, you can't, and Jesus said it in a different way once. He said, a, bad, a, a good tree can never bear bad fruit. A bad tree will always bear bad fruit, but a good tree can never, it can only bear good fruit because it's connected to that vine. It's only going to produce after its kind. So as we connect ourselves to the vine of Jesus Christ, as we feel that life, that Zoe life coursing through our, our soul, our body, our spirit, bringing transformation, 
we ourselves will be changed. So how do I stay connected? I'm going to give you guys a few practical tips, a few life hacks, as my kids say, a few hacks on how you can stay connected to the vine, how you can stay connected so that you grow. So here's my, um, I've got, how many have I got? I've got three main ones with some subheadings. How about that? Um, The first one is this, stay in the Word. Stay in the Word. The Word of God is transformative. And we've got to get beyond the idea that the Word of God is just words on a page. It's more than just an historical text. It's more than just good Bible stories. It's more than good sort of Sunday school stories that you've all heard. The Word of God has an amazing ability to transform your life. It's, it's an incredible, weird thing to understand. And in fact, if, if, you're, if you don't know Christ, it will seem like words on a page. But once you've had that transaction where you've decided to follow Jesus Christ, then those words come alive and they can come alive not only as you read them, they transform you on the inside. They transform you. And it's not like you open the Word of God and it, you get goosebumps every time you read it. That doesn't seem to happen. However, like the Pantene ad, it won't happen overnight, but it will happen. The more you do that, if you develop, Jeff probably wouldn't understand what I'm talking about, um, but the more that you do that, the more that you read the Word and it begins to wash you, talk about the washing of the Word, it begins to wash your soul, it begins to wash your spirit. It has a transforming action on your life. So maybe after one or two days, you notice no difference, but maybe after 20 or 30 days, you will start to notice a difference to your life and you'll begin to grow. In the same way that if you didn't have a shower, maybe today is not a good example, but if you didn't have a shower for one day, probably no one will notice. No one's really going to bat an eyelid. But if you don't have a shower for 20 or 30 days, especially this summer, you're going to start getting dirty looks. You're going to start, people are going to look around and start to notice the fact that you haven't had a shower. So it doesn't happen overnight, but it does happen, okay? You know, one thing that really helps me with my Bible reading is the YouVersion Bible app. So I've got the app on my phone. It can give me little notifications. And I look at a verse every single day, and it's something for me to, to digest every morning. It's the first thing I do when I woke up. And, you know, it's, it's a habit now for me. I just do it automatically, and I don't think about it. And like I said, not every time I feel like, oh, my goodness, that's a massive revelation. But it's the washing of the Word. It transforms me gradually. And it's like a drip feed. It's a drip feed to my soul. So I would encourage you to stay in the Word. My second point is this. Stay in the Spirit. The the Zoe life that Jesus was talking about is a spiritual life. We can't just find transformation and find change without some kind of spiritual connection. It can't just be an emotional connection. It can't just be about us gathering together on a Sunday and connecting because we enjoy connecting with one another. There's got to be a spiritual part of it as well. Here's a couple of practical things that I think that will help you connect with the spiritual. First one is worship. Put on some worship music. It's amazing how quickly I find when I put on, if I'm, just all mixed up in my head. I, I can't get clarity, but I chuck on some worship music within like 
five seconds or less, my heart is stilled. In fact, the Old Testament um, prophets and kings understood this, and they'd often say, bring me a harpist. And as soon as the harpist began to play, the Spirit of God began to move. And I would encourage you that same thing will happen in your life. Chuck on some worship music. It's the easiest thing in the world. Chuck it on, and before you know it, your heart will begin to settle. The anxiety will begin to be calmed. Your, your perspective on life will begin to be righted. You know, the boat gets righted back up again. So often we, you know that ad about where the guy gets all irate and someone gives him a Snickers? That's exactly what worship music's like. You need a Snickers. Have that worship music on. Turn it on. Writes the boat. And you go, ah, that's right. What was I so worried about? What was I so fearful about? The second thing that you can do is you can pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. And uh, this is probably a lost art, I believe, in our sort of modern world. But if you've um, been baptized in the Holy Spirit, God has given to you a special prayer language, a language of the Spirit, which you can utilize. You can use that. That gift is not for nothing. It's not just weirdness. It's not just a, it's not a party trick. It's actually a prayer language that you can use. And again, it will help you to connect with, in a spiritual way with God. The wonderful thing about that, that prayer language is that your mind doesn't understand it. It bypasses this thing. And this thing can often be like a big hindrance to you connecting spiritually to God. So we have this special language that we don't understand, that we can connect directly. It's like a direct line to God. And I want to encourage you in your time of prayer to develop that prayer language, to use it, to use it. Connect with the Holy Spirit. Allow Him to speak to you. And again, it will be transforming in your life. Third point is this. We need to pray with understanding. So we need to pray in the Spirit and we need to pray with understanding. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15, So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing in my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. You know, when our kids are having a meltdown, so often we say, use your words. Use your words. Because they, it's just all emotion and crying and we can't really understand where they're at. Use your words. Slow down. I think we need to do that too. Use our words. Learn to develop a dialogue with God where you actually explain to Him what's happening in your world. Use your words. Turn the, the Word of God into prayer in English. Not just tears, not just emotion, not just exasperation or fear or anxiety, but words. Find an expression. And finally, um, we need to stay in life-giving relationships. This is another way that we stay connected to the vine, by staying in life-giving relationships. Have you guys heard that saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your future? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. It's, it's such a true saying. It's not in the Bible. Jesus didn't say those words, but he might as well have. I feel like it's one of the most key truths Whoever you hang around with, ultimately, you're going to become like them. It's just, just going to happen that way. In fact, scientists have actually been able to prove this fact. It's no longer just an idea. It's actually been proven that when people get together in a room, they measured their brain waves. 
And they found that when people started to hang out together, their brainwaves started to align with one another. Isn't that, it's kind of creepy and cool at the same time. Um, so there is a truth to it. As you, whoever you decide to hang out with, you will eventually become. So for me, if I want to grow, this whole topic today is about growth. If I want to grow spiritually, it stands to reason that I start to hang out with people who are a little more grown than me, who are a little more life-giving, who can encourage me and, and help me on my journey. If I hang around with all the sort of people who are only going to pull me down to where they're at, then I just by definition aren't going to be able to grow. It's so vital for you, it's so vital for me to be in life giving relationships with other people. So that's why we on and on, we bang on about being part of a small group. We just see the value in that. We see the value in, in you being in relationship, more than just hanging out here on a Sunday, being in relationship with other believers that when you're down, when your back's against the, uh, the ropes, somebody's going to encourage you. Someone's going to pick you up and say, come on, keep going, keep going. God's made you for more than this. It's also why you get great value in being part of our dream team. Now, many of the people, you could ask them who serve on our dream team, it's more than just the serving part. The serving part is almost like an aside. The, the richness comes in doing relationship, in doing life with the people in your team get such a great joy out of working alongside other people such a great i mean i get so much i have so much fun doing what i do with the other people the actual serving part of it is only a, a proportion of exactly what um, being part of the dream team is all about so i've given you guys some some tips on getting yourself in the right environment because environment is so important to your growth it's so important but there's something else that i just want to dip into a little bit today as well and it, it's about our journey with Jesus our walk with Jesus which is also crucial our willingness to say yes to Jesus is a crucial factor to our growth and I'm going to draw from um, one of my favorite passages and it comes from the message translation it's Matthew 11 verse 28 to 30 I'm just going to read part of it Jesus uses these words Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Doesn't that sound appealing? Living freely and lightly. Man, I, I, could, do with, I could do with a bit of freely and lightly. But I love the, uh, the rhythm. I love the cadence of this phrase. Walk with me, work with me, what shall I do it? There's a rhythm about it. Walk with me. Uh, you can almost picture walking alongside Jesus. Walk with me, work with me, what shall I do it? Walk with me, work with me, what shall I do it? You feel the rhythm of that. Th there's, a, there's a movement about it. It's not just a static thing. It's not just getting a download. It's this journey that we go on with Jesus. And I don't, about, don't know about you guys, but I'm not so much one for being good at Learning from a textbook, I find that a big challenge, remembering stuff. But if I can see it with my own eyes, if I can see it being demonstrated for me, oh my goodness, that makes so much more sense. Better still, if I can do it with the person who's training me, wow, that's like a whole nother level. And I know if I've, I've got sweat on my brow as I'm learning that thing, I'm never going to forget that experience. I'm going to learn that way. That's why Jesus said, the journey, the Christian journey that I want you to go on with me is going to be one of experience, is going to be one of walking, working, 
Watch him. That's how we do it. That's how we learn from Jesus. It's not just about learning things off by heart. It's not just about being told what to do. But this verse, as true as it is, for many of us, I think we struggle believing some of it. We don't honestly believe some of it's true. And I think the first hurdle that we need to get over is to understand or believe that our Heavenly Father actually treats us this way. That He actually loves us with this type of intensity. That He's involved in my life with this degree of attention. Is that really true? Is it really, can I really trust Him with this? Can I trust Him with my life that He's going to lead me in the right direction if I let Him? I think one of our big struggles is we want to work our own lives out on our own, thank you very much. I've got a plan for my life. I've worked it out. I've got the five-year plan. I know that I've got to do this course. I know I've got to meet these people. And we've got, we've got it all worked out. We can't believe, we struggle to believe that Jesus Christ is that involved in my life, that He cares for me that much, that He has my interest at heart that, to that degree that I can let Him take the reins, that I can trust Him enough that He's going to lead me in the right direction. We need to understand that Jesus has a plan for your life, a specific, not just a generic, a specific plan for each and every one of your life. Jeremiah 29, 11, I have a plan for you. I've got a plan. I've got it all worked out for you. It's all worked out. All worked out for you. He's got a plan for your life. So what would that look like, the rhythm of grace? What should that rhythm of grace look like? I mean, what he's teaching us is that it should be as easy as walking. It should be as easy as putting one foot in front of the other. I mean, my, my spiritual growth should be as easy as just taking a walk with Jesus. Wouldn't it be as easy as that? Couldn't it be as easy as that? Just taking a walk with Jesus. And if I do that, I'm going to grow. Wow. How awesome is that? Problem is... That when we take a walk with Jesus, he often walks at a pace that we're not used to. Or he walks in a direction that we weren't kind of inclined to follow. Or he opens a door for us, doorway of grace. I love, you know, we always talk about open doors. Open doors, yeah, so wonderful. But sometimes open doors are overrated. Sometimes open doors is like, oh, I wasn't kind of thinking about that kind of open door. Different kind of open door. And, and so we struggle in a couple of areas with open doors that I think we, we really struggle with. The first one is this. We think that the opportunity is beneath me. We think that open door is beneath me. What? Jesus, I was praying for this type of job. I had it in mind. It was going to be here. I had in mind, God, that you're going to send me to this city. I had in mind that I was going to marry this person. I had it in mind that I was going to earn this much money. And you give me this? I had in mind that I'd be friends with those people over there. And you bring me these people? These are not the cool people. I was planning on hanging out with the cool people. And I end up with these. These are not cool people. These are just regular people. You know, the, the life or the doorway that Jesus sometimes opens for us, our reaction is this. That's not sexy. That's not cool. It's so beige. It's so boring. It's so white, off-white. Where's the sprinkles? Where's the fun, the pizzazz? 
I mean, can you imagine Jesus having this conversation with his father? Oh, so you're going to send me to Bethlehem? In a st- I'm going to be born in a stable. Am I hearing you right here? I'm going to be born in a stable. Really? And, and I'm going to grow up in Nazareth, like the bum end of Israel. I'm going to grow up there. Awesome. And what? I'm going to die at 33. Oh, cool. So I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to have a family or settle down or have a white picket fence. I'm not going to have any of that. I'm going to die lonely on a cross. And all the people that I've spent my life live, building into their lives desert me at the critical moment. Wow. And yet look, what, look at the result of Jesus' life. Look at the result. He w- was willing to walk through an uninspiring door. A doorway that just did not seem cool at all. Did not seem wonderful in any such way. And Jesus was willing to follow And I want to tell you this today. So much of the time in our lives, Jesus opens up doorways, opportunities of grace that are not cool to your natural eye. They do not seem wonderful. They don't don't seem inspiring. They don't seem to be even in the direction of, of your dream, of your heart. They seem like just the opposite. This is the opposite of everything that I've just asked for, Jesus. And yet, if you are willing to follow... If you are willing to walk down the uninspiring road, Jesus will lead you on the most unconventional and wonderful journey of inspiration and fulfillment that you could ever imagine. It would be way better than you thought, way better than you can construct in your own imagination. And so I want to encourage you today to walk through the uninspiring door. Walk through the door that just seems bland, that seems beige. Looks can be deceiving, is all I can say. Take that opportunity and let him lead you. This is the other, the other thing that can happen is Jesus opens a door for us and we look through, we take a peek through and we're like, oh my goodness, no way, that door, that opportunity is way too hard for me. That is way too scary for me. I don't have the training for that. I was just hoping for a walk in the park and you've given me Mount Kilimanjaro. For goodness sake, this is so high. I've, I don't have the training for this. I mean, I didn't. I ran 1,500 meters maybe in high school, but that's about it. Since then, I haven't done any kind of exercise whatsoever. And you're asking me to climb a mountain, to do the impossible. And so often, we, we get scared away and we refuse to follow through the door because it seems too hard. But I want to encourage you. We often, and our whole world, our whole world is structured around our ability how good are you at a certain thing? And yet I think abilities are often so overrated. They really are. Jesus opened doors for you to walk through. And we say, no, I can't do it. It can't be done. You know his response usually when I've been in that situation and I say, no, I can't do it. It's too hard. He's like, he just completely ignores me. Completely. He says, come on, let's do it. Didn't you just hear my last diatribe of how impossible this journey is going to be he like completely ignores that and says come on let's do it i believe in you let's do it together and where your ability stops which is where you believe down here he says this is a great opportunity for me to show off this is a great opportunity for me to show you how good i can be through you how great it can be you and me together partnership your ability with my ability What a combination. If we're willing to say, 
I know I can't do this. I know this is too hard for me, but I'm willing, but I'm willing. Jesus takes that. He takes that willingness. He says, now I've got something to work with. Now I've got something to work with. Now we can start growing together. So it's really as simple as that. There's two things that your spiritual growth is dependent on. It's dependent on you putting yourself into a healthy spiritual environment. And it's dependent on you being willing to say yes to the open door that he opens up for you. It's often unconventional. It's often not what you're expecting. It's, it's often not what you were hoping for. But if you're willing to follow through that door, you'll discover the best life ever, the most fulfilling life ever. And he will fulfill every dream that's in your heart. And isn't it interesting getting back to that, walk with me, work with me, what shall I do it? There's, there's a certain action involved. For us to grow, we need to respond internally and then we need to act. Requires a response of the heart and then it requires an action, some kind of response, some kind of doing word that brings the change. So my question, my challenge today is this, where is the rhythm of grace leading you today? Where, where is the, the easy way? It's, like he says it's easy, he says my yoke is easy, but it doesn't always seem easy, does it? But it is honestly the easiest way. It's so much easier to do it his way than to try and do it your own way. So where's that grace leading you today? Perhaps it's in your own marriage, in your own relationship with your spouse. Maybe there's something that you know that the Holy Spirit has been saying that you can do, but you're refusing to do it. Maybe it's in the way that you parent your children. Maybe it's here at church. Maybe there's opportunities for you to serve and you've been holding out and holding out and holding out. But the open door still remains there. Maybe it's with your finances. Maybe there's an opportunity for you to release a debt that you've been holding against somebody. Or maybe he's working on you and encouraging you to, to deal with your debt and, and to work toward paying it off. Maybe the Holy Spirit is encouraging you to forgive somebody. Or you've been holding out against them. And it's, it seems too painful to do it, but the opportunity is there for you to forgive. Maybe it's this just the decision to say yes to him for the very first time. To say yes to Jesus. You know what? I don't think this Christian walk is complicated. It's not hard. It's simple. And the Holy Spirit speaks to each and every one of you individually. It's not You don't need someone to speak for you. You don't need someone to interpret for you. He will speak to you. And he will encourage you personally. So you, you should be able to hear him speak to you. You should be able to hear him challenge you. You should be able to hear him open doors for you. And he will lead you, I promise you. I promise you that he will. So why don't we bow our heads for a second and I just want to pray for each and every one of you. And my challenge today is this. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Is there something that you can step into that you know you know that you need to do it, but you've been holding out just a little bit too long. 
Is there something there for you to do, to step into? I just want to encourage you, between you and God, to make a decision that today you're going to make a change.